What's up, Action Church? Love worshiping with you online today. Man, what a powerful song, See a Victory. So many times in our life, we may not see it in the temporary, we may not see it in the natural, but God's word promises that he's working something behind the scenes. His ways are higher. His thoughts are so much bigger. And I'm just believing today that you're gonna see a victory in whatever situation you're currently going through. We're gonna join the message in just a moment, week two of Blast from the past. And this message is from August of 2019 entitled Lost and Found. It's one of my favorite messages because so many churches pick one or the other. We're going to be an outreach church. We're going to be a discipleship church. I don't believe that evangelism and discipleship are mutually exclusive. I believe it's just over and over again, one after the other. We disciple and we reach and we reach and we disciple. And to do that, we've got to go where lost people are all while developing, connecting and discipling our found people. I can't wait for you to get into God's word today, all of us together and leave here differently in in Jesus' name. Would you pray with me right where you are? God, we love you so much, and we thank you for this opportunity to worship together. As we look back in 2019 and sing this song, Good Grace, in a point-to-point -point moment, right now this point-to-point -point is going to thousands of homes all across our city, our state, and our nation. We know one thing is the same, that the Holy Spirit is going to meet us, that one moment and the presence of God can change us. So we're believing right now during this worship moment and during this message that we're gonna have an encounter with the living God and we're gonna leave here different in Jesus' name. We love you. We praise you in all of these places. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. And we're joining up together across all of our locations, Sanford, Oviedo, Winter Springs, here at Winter Park. Come on, we're here to worship today to gather around the name that is above every name, and that is the name of Jesus. Come on, he's worthy today. So we're gonna lift him up together. Come on, let's sing this out.
A lot of people looking at me like you don't know me. My name is Justin. My wife Stephanie and I planted the church about five and a half years ago. I've been gone for a few weeks over the summer. Well, thank you so much for allowing uh, me and my family to get away and uh, to invest in those two little boys. Uh, I'm just happy to be back to work. Any dad spend a lot of time with your young kids and you're like, thank God I can go to work in Jesus' name. Nobody, that's just me. I'm a terrible father. I was ready. I love them, but I love to leave them every now and then. Come on, all the dads said. Amen, amen. Speaking of dads, hey, we got a men's night coming up. Excited about that. Where are the, the men at? 14 of you. That's about how many of you have signed up so far. And, uh, and so let's, uh, let's get on that, guys. Ladies, ladies night coming up at the end of the month. Come on. Yeah, there's a little more ladies excited. A couple hundred of you have signed up. And what I've learned is that as parents, we, we pick these battles with our kids and a lot of it comes in homework and projects and we talk about this word in our homes called procrastination and they get it from their mama <laughs> and their daddy because you wait till the last minute to sign up for everything. Stop it. Sign up for our men's and women's night. They're gonna be phenomenal as we launch our, our fall groups and we've got amazing speakers. Aaron Burke will be here from Radiant Tampa and then Bianca Oltoff will be here for our women's night. It's gonna be phenomenal. Make sure you're inviting your friends. Go sign up today. It's gonna to be two amazing, two amazing events. Hey, turn in your Bibles uh, if you've got them with you. If not, you can follow along on the screen in just a moment. Luke chapter 15 is where we're gonna to be today talking about this idea of, of lost and found. Lost and and found. I've seen too many lost and founds in my life. Maybe you've lost some things and gone to those places. They never have it, and it's a waste of time. You're like, hey, have you seen it? You go there, it's, it's not there. Well, the gospel, the mission of the church is this idea of lost and found. And if we're not careful as a church, we'll get stuck on one or the other, and I think that they are not separate they are not exclusive, that's not either or, that we serve a both and God, that we are called to reach the lost, but also take responsibility and care of the found. Let's go to scripture, Luke chapter 15. Let's read verses one through seven together. It says, tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of the religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even 
eating with them. We'll talk about that at the end of our time together this morning. So Jesus told them this story. I love Jesus and how he didn't really listen to critics. He usually answered questions with questions, which is super frustrating. <laughs> if you've ever been around that person, you ask them a question, they respond with a question. Like, no, I questioned you, quit questioning me. Answer my question, Jesus didn't do that. And then all too often he answered with a story, a parable, illustrating his point. He does that here. So Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. Verse seven, in the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner, <coughs> excuse me, one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. It's not either or. It's lost and found. And if we're not careful, we read Luke 15 where Jesus tells three parables, lost sheep, lost coin, lost son, and we create a church and a mindset that is all about reaching lost people. And you need to know that, that that's part of it. Go into the world and, and reach people, preach the good news, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But he, told, he tells us to make disciples. There's a, a process as well. And most churches are either all about found people or all about lost people. And the churches that are about lost people yell at the churches about found people and say, you don't get it. It is the Great Commission. We're called to reach people, yes. And then the church that's just for, for found people, they're usually small and, and kind of angry at everybody else, and they yell back at the other church, and they say, no, we are about making disciples. It's not either or, it's both and. It's lost and found. Because the Bible's meant to be read in context, and if you just start in Luke 15, you would think God doesn't care about the found people. That once you're, once you're found, it's all good. You're done. He doesn't care about you anymore. That's not the gospel. He cares about the process because if found people aren't developed, then they won't go find anybody else. So go back to Luke 14. Let's read about Jesus talking about the cost of discipleship. He was teaching the same crowd about discipleship, about growing in their faith before he got to reaching lost people. Back to uh, chapter 14, verse 25. This is a large crowd was following Jesus. He turned around and said to them, if you want to be my disciple, you must hate everyone else by comparison, your father and your mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. This is where in today's society, Peter, James, and John be like, whoa, Jesus. <laughs> that hate word is like, not okay. You're freaking people out, Jesus. But he's articulating something that this, this gospel is free to accept. You gotta hear that. It cost him everything so it could cost you and I nothing. But it will cost you everything to follow. Free to accept, but everything to follow. The Jesus does not want to be on a list. He wants to be the list and everything else is, is in a whole different category. He's talking about the, the cost of discipleship because he's asking them to count the cost before they go out and reach lost people. And if you do not carry your own cross, get this, and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. What he's telling us here, church, is that Christianity, it's not a group project. Come on. You know group projects. They weren't group projects anyway. I was in a lot of group projects. You know how much work I did? Zero. I'm down for snack time, break time. I'll run a Chick-fil-A, nugget tray, everybody. Girl, you were doing a great job with that. You keep doing what you're doing. I don't want to distract you. I'm going to get out of here for a few minutes. Come back with some snacks and some jokes. You know. I talked to a girl first service out front. She goes, I would have loved you in high school because I loved doing all the work because I was so obsessed. I would never trust anybody else to do the work, so I would have loved you because you would have brought refreshments and entertainment. I said, yes, you are how I got through college. <laughs> Christianity is not a group project. 
You cannot rely on your mom's faith, your grandmom's faith, your granddad's faith, your friend's faith, whoever you're sitting by today may have brought you here, but they cannot get you to eternity. Only you accepting Jesus, picking up your own cross and following him. There's a cost to discipleship, and Jesus is articulating in Luke 14 that we've got to develop found people while still being completely sold out to reaching lost people. It's lost and found. The shepherd didn't go out and get the one and bring back the one to nothing. That would be poor stewardship. Think about it, he would have, he would have gotten the, the, the flock, he would have gotten the, the sheep and he would have left them and had them good ground to feed on and left them for the night in a safe place that he would have secured and then once he had secured the 99, he would go out and find the lost one so that when he returned with the one, he was bringing one back to 99 to complete the 100, not one back to nothing cannot be either or, it has to be both and. Lost and found. Pursuing lost things does not cause us to neglect or forget about the things that we already have. And God is the same way. Let me illustrate this way. Have you ever lost anything? Like a third of the room. Everybody else is just perfect. You never lost anything. You're so organized. Your keys are on a hook and everything's color coordinated and an inch apart and you're just perfect people. No, you just don't raise your hand in church. That's fine. That's fine. We lose things. You ever lost uh, something important to you? You're obsessed about it. Any golfers in the room, you ever lost a golf club, like you leave it on the green before you? Let me just give you a little uh, sneak peek to how you know if you're playing a good golf course or a not so good golf course. If you leave your club on the green behind you and you're nervous because you're embarrassed that you have to go ask for it, you're at a great golf course. If you leave it on the green behind you and you know that it's stolen and gone forever, <laughs> you know you're at a really bad, <laughs> public place. You've been there before. You're like, hey, did you see my club? And they're like, no, the group in front of us left. Like they were so excited that they got your $200 wedge that now they just left. It was more important for them to steal your wedge than to finish their round. If you've never been there before, you've never played public golf. <laughs> I lost a club. It doesn't cause me to disregard the other 13 that I have. Here's what happened this week. I have come back from sabbatical. It's my second week back to work and I'm preparing to teach this this uh, national webinar for uh, our church planning association that we help lead called The Ark, the Association of Related Churches. You know, if you give here, you're not just giving to Winter Park and Winter Springs and San Fernando that we're doing things around the world and around the country. We're planning hundreds of churches together, hundreds of churches, just like Action Church all across the country. And I had the, the, the honor to teach about 30 new planners this week uh, just some church planning tips on, on culture. Well, I was, I was going through it and I was like, I have some great notes on this on culture, and so I go to, to my finder on my Mac, because if you're a Christian, you have a Mac, and if you don't know that, you can see our info center after service, and so I'm on my Mac, and I go to finder, and I, I type in culture, leadership, and nothing's there. Huh, start looking for staff meetings and other leadership teachings, no files. I'm like, oh, that's right. I remember back in May, this is a new computer. I got a new MacBook right before I went on sabbatical and we transferred all my sermons over on the Google Drive that we have, but we have not transferred all the leadership teachings. I remember talking to one of our pastors, uh, Pastor Parker said, hey, let's just wait. I wanna make sure we get the right files over. I don't want any excess stuff on my new computer, so we'll just do that when I get back. And it was great, we put it in my office. So I said, that's fine, I'll go to my other computer. I'll get it out and I'll just transfer these files that I need. Well, I go get my old MacBook Air and I, I sit at the table back here in my office and I begin to look and I search. And the problem is I can't search because I can't even get on the home screen. See, my home screen had a picture of our Action Church Winter Apart building in construction. This, this computer now had a picture of my two boys on it. And I love my boys, but I was really confused at why they were on my computer. <laughs> I don't own a picture of that on my computer. And then I went to try and type it in and my password didn't work and then I noticed it said Stephanie Daly, not Justin Daly. Hmm. That girl's in trouble. <laughs> She's in a meeting here, in a creative meeting, and, and uh, I text her, hey, babe, what are you doing? Where are my files on my computer? She said, you gave me that computer, and I had Pastor John Williams wipe it. I'm gonna fire you and not from the church. Oh, no, it's fine, it's just a story. A lot of awe is here, it's fine. 
we're going somewhere. I cussed, and most, most pastors, I'll just be honest, we still cuss in our head because we're just a little more saved than you are, but this time I cussed out loud. Not any of the big ones is fine, like nothing the ones you're thinking of, just real small ones that you probably say in your car when you stub your toe, it's not a big deal. Don't leave the church. But I was angry, like I haven't been that angry in a long time. I mean, 10 years of leadership teachings, 10 years of staff meetings, I lost it all. Wiped. Bad day. Get home, sitting on the back porch with my wife, and we're still having a, a discussion. <laughs> we're growing together. Baby, how could you do that? She's like, what are you talking about? I had that computer for over a year, and, and I asked you if I could wipe it. I said, no, you didn't. I had a conversation in May with Parker, and I said, I need these files. And, and I put it on, on my desk in the drawer, and, and, and I left it there. And she goes, no, Justin, it was over a year ago. I said, no, it was May. You're wrong. And she said, no, I'm not wrong. I, I, I got it at the house, and I took it to John like last fall. And I was like, no, you're wrong. Because guys, we run out of things creative to say. So we just keep repeating ourselves. You're wrong. She's like, Justin, didn't you have a really old MacBook Air from when you worked at Bayside like 10 years ago? This look of panic and realization. She wiped my old, old computer. My new old computer was still in the drawer in my office. <laughs> with all my files on it. Pray for your pastor's marriage. <laughs> In that moment, I was not disregarding the 10 years of sermons that I had. I was grateful for them because they're all awesome. Some of you are like, not all of them. Okay, fine, 90%, 90%. Every once in a while, nine out of 10 is not bad. I wasn't disregarding what was found, no, 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 but I was obsessed with what I could not find. Your Father in heaven is the same way and the church should be the same way, that we're not disregarding the found, but we're obsessed with the lost. Here's what I want you to write down for take notes. We gotta find the one while still feeding and caring for the 99. It's both and, it's lost and found. That is the job of the church. That is what our God, our Father in heaven is obsessed with. So I wanna talk about first, how do we feed the 99? Like the righteous, those that have not been uh, led astray, that are still here, that are found. How do we feed the 99? Write this down if you're taking notes. We create a place for the found to belong. A place to belong. And I don't know where you come from today, Winter Park, Winter Springs, Oviedo, Sanford. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you've been or how you got here. You need to know that Action Church is a place that you can belong. You don't have to clean it up to come here. You don't have to believe everything we believe. You don't have to ascribe to a certain doctrine. You just keep showing up and we believe the power of God will change what needs to be changed, but we are family, like, like a big, crazy, dysfunctional family. Like we don't have it all together, but, but get this, we got you. Like you need, you need financial help, we got you. You need relational help, we got you. You got problems with your kids, so do we, we got you. Mine are back in action kids right now, just trying to get them some Jesus so we make it to tomorrow a place to belong. And when you belong somewhere, you become part of a family. You, you don't leave at the first sign of adversity or when you disagree or when you don't understand. You belong. A sense of belonging here at Action Church. You need to know that one of the ways that we're gonna feed the 99, take care of the found, is we will create a place, we will strive to be a place that you can belong. Here's the second one, this one's a little tougher, a place to grow. We cannot successfully continue to go out and reach people if we're not growing ourselves. We've gotta develop, we've gotta grow, we've gotta learn, we gotta change some things if we wanna to continue to be successful at reaching lost people. What that means, church, is that the church, one of our primary jobs is to bring correction. Like, don't tell me what to do. You know what I found about people? People love themselves really, really well. And they love their opinions a lot. 
So we live in a day and time in America where nobody can tell anybody else what they believe or what they do, what they should do. I actually heard a conversation this week from one of our, one of our team members here at Action Church. They were talking to another believer, and I used that quote you'll see in just a second because they were having this conversation, and this lady talking to one of our team members was like, what do you believe about this? And she said, well, I believe this. The lady said, well, I don't agree. Well, that happens a lot. That's fine. She said, well, okay, that's fine. Let's, let's go to the Bible. Let's look at the Bible. She says, great idea. They go, and they read it word for word out of the Bible, like red letters, like Jesus said it. Lady's like, yep, still don't believe that. <laughs> we live in a day where truth matters no more over our opinion. Part of the way we're gonna help take care of you, if you will allow it, and it has to be something you give permission to do, is accountability and growth. We are called to be a place where we challenge and hold each other accountable and grow. It's a place to grow. Here's what 2 Timothy says. Paul writing to Timothy, a young pastor, this is in the NCV version. It says, preach the good news, what we do every single Sunday. Be ready at all times and tell people what they need to do. Tell them, sorry, not my words. Tell them when they are wrong. Did you know that you and I are wrong sometimes? All the husbands said, we know, we know. We're wrong, I'm sorry. If you get that, you will have a happy marriage. But here's the both and part, get this. This is, this is so important. Encourage them, tell them when they're wrong, but get this, encourage them with great patience. That's where we don't do it well. If people are living in sin, they're making mistakes, they need accountability, you know what they're not gonna do? Respond great the first time. Oh, thank you so much for calling out everything about me. Let's be best friends. No, you say, who do you think you are? What are you talking about? That's what it says, encourage them with great patience and with careful teaching. Not a lot of teaching, not yelling, not condescending, not critique, with careful teaching. A place to grow, but here's the, the safety of a church that we want to be. We believe it's God's church. Write this down if you're taking notes. A place to fail. Like we're gonna fail. We're gonna fall short. No perfection required here at Action Church. I apologize for the phrasing of this next statement. And I actually apologize for the fake apology that I just issued. <laughs> People suck. They just do sometimes. And they screw up and they make mistakes. But when people fail and they fall short and they're drowning in their own pain, we can throw stones or we can throw a life preserver. They're drowning, we can step on them or we can pull them out. And we gotta be a church that doesn't just criticize and shoot people when they're, when they're wounded. Christians, we shoot the wounded. Like, hey bro, I just stubbed my toe. I know it's a little blood on the carpet and I really apologize for the inconvenience and I really apologize that I can't keep up in this season, but, but I just got like a little flesh wound. I don't need you to shoot me in the head. But when people don't look like or talk like or think like we do, they make a couple mistakes. We're like, I don't think I can associate with you anymore. It's gotta be a safe place for us to fail. You know what, people are gonna stray. They're gonna make mistakes. Write this down if you're taking notes. When people stray, don't gossip, don't complain, don't shoot them in the head. When people stray, pray. Like, pray for them. I don't know if you know this, but, but people stray. And I don't know if you know this, people have, have said some things and left church and maybe left your life and they don't handle it well. And if you're like me, you struggle with some bitterness. Anybody ever been bitter towards somebody or angry? Just, just me, I'm so sorry. Let me, let me have another confession. There's been a few times where like, I, I, I hate them. Like not like hate them forever, but just in that moment. You know, just, you just think like if I could just have like one full crow hop punch in the face, like we would feel way better. You never been there before with somebody? That's not what you should do. I think that's like a misdemeanor. Don't do that. What you should do is pray for them. And even when you don't feel like it, like, just start with this. God gave me this this week. Just, like, help them, Jesus. I got nothing for them but anger and bitterness. Just help them, Jesus. Like, they are lost. They are screwed up. They are killing me. They are frustrating me. Help them, Lord. I can't help them. You help them. And you continue to pray for them even when you don't want to. I promise you, you'll begin to get a heart for their pain and their hurt and how they're discouraged and how they're overwhelmed. And then it will change your perspective towards them. A safe place for people to fail. Those are three tough points, really. 
because taking care of found people is the toughest part of our job. Let's get to the fun stuff, which is reaching lost people. It's way more fun to reach than it is to take care of Christians. Come on, somebody, if you've ever been in leadership at church. We gotta reach people. Here's the primary focus, the, the objective of found people. Once we find a place to belong and we're growing and we're failing forward, here, here's what we do. We begin to reach people, just like that shepherd in verse three and four. He noticed somebody was missing and he went to them. Here's the first thing that you need to, to write down and get on the inside of you. You need to realize it's our mission. Like at Action Church, we, 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 we exist to reach people where they are and connect them to everything God has for life. It's not me. It's not paid professionals. It's the body of Christ coming together. Yeah. Like without you, if it's just me, it's just a mouth up here. Can you picture that? Like if we had a green screen, you could drop everything else out, just a mouth. It's weird. It's a spectacle. People would come and watch it. There's a mouth. It's amazing. No nose, no face. Not gonna go anywhere, he's got no feet. That's why God calls it to be a body. Because without feet, and without hands, and without arms, and without a heart, and without a brain, without all of us together living on purpose, we gotta realize it's our mission. But it's not just you realizing it and understanding it and knowing it as somebody that loves Jesus. You've got to begin to do something about it. That's the second one. You've gotta, you've gotta launch. You've gotta launch this rescue mission. You've gotta do something. And we have options. We just had Serve Saturday. We have it every single month. We have missions trips. We have Christmas outreach coming up where you can give, you can serve. We have Thanksgiving outreach. We have all of these opportunities for you to launch the rescue mission, to get out of just coming to church, which we're so grateful that you do, but begin to be the church where you're living and where you're going and where God has you. Say, Pastor, I'm busy on Saturdays, fine. Can't go to Uganda or Honduras or, or LA next year, fine but you can live intentionally where you are. In fact, that is God's command, to take up your cross and follow him. You know where he's leading you? Closer to him and to reach lost people. It's your mission. So how do you do it? You begin to pray that you would be an influencer in your sphere where God has you. You begin to invest and you begin to invite both people to church and into a relationship with him. And we wanna give you the opportunity to do that and the room to do that. If you're at Winter Park right now or, or Sanford in our first service or our second service, you know there's no room. So when I tell you to invite somebody, you're like, where would you like me to invite them to? Right here. Because in two weeks on August 18th, we're adding a third service here at Winter Park and we're adding a third service at Sanford <laughs> to create an opportunity for you over the next two weeks to pray, invest, and invite people to hear about this man called Jesus. Why are we not more excited about it? You ever thought about that? How many, of you, how many of you have a favorite restaurant? How many of you have a favorite vacation spot? How many of you are just never, ever gonna raise your hand? Gotcha. You tell everybody about it. I get back from a vacation spot, everybody, I'm like, you gotta go there. You gotta do this, you gotta see this. Man, you have got to do it. Why? Because once you found something special, you find everybody else you can and you tell them about it. Like I went to Linda's La Cantina, it's a steakhouse, not a Mexican place. I know that's confusing, like you think you're gonna get fajitas, but you're actually gonna get a filet. And it was the best cooked filet I've ever had. Went there with Omar and Lisa Rodriguez and they paid for it. The only thing better than great food is great free food in Jesus' name. And it was awesome, it was amazing. If Linda was there, I would have kissed her. <laughs> Appropriately, like on the cheek, like I'm, I'm married, it's fine, it's not a big deal. And I think I kind of picture her as like my grandmother, so it would've been fine. <laughs> but I'll tell everybody about Linda's, how they perfectly charred the top of that steak on a medium rare center, and it, I could taste it right now. <laughs> and I meet so many and in my life, I've, I've been this person that we will be so excited about college football starting and Linda's La Cantina and where we went to the beach 
and yet tell nobody about the one that gave everything for you. I'm a Christian, but I don't talk about it. What is wrong with that statement? Found people that know the way to eternity and know the way to a better marriage and know the way to a better life. Found people, find others, and they tell them about their Jesus. Now, launch the rescue mission. Here's a third thing. When people come to know Jesus, we are called to rejoice. If the Bible declares that the heavens celebrate over one person coming back home, then we need to rejoice every time the mission is accomplished. We gotta rejoice. Like when we celebrate last week, 135 students, six to 12th graders giving their life to Jesus, and we get a little one of these. Because you can tell that that's what we want to do. We're talking about 135 young people who are going to spend eternity apart from God. And now they're not. Rejoice every time the mission is accomplished. Had the team pull the numbers this week. Since the church launched five and a half years ago, 6,432 people have let us know that they've accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And don't clap yet. No, you, you missed it. Don't clap yet, because that's what you would do. You would hear that, and you're like, he expects that. But because it's a number, you disassociate that it's a person. But I pulled five names from every single location this week because I want somebody in every auditorium, somebody knows one of these people at every single location. You are that somebody. You are family with that somebody. So that 6,432 is made up of people like Riley here at Winter Park and Tori here at Winter Park and Elise, who I met after first service at Winter Park, and Robbie and Joe. People whose lives have been changed at Sanford, like Rachel and Justin, Rebecca, Deanne, and Alejandro. Nailed that, and I'm white, and he's Latino. Nailed that if you're not Latino, why is your name Alejandro? I don't know. But Winter Springs, we got Jorge and Daniela and Hayden and Will and Amelia. And in Oviedo, we got Grant and Erica, Daniel, Corey, Jordan. These are people, and we're still not getting it. Like heaven's been watching people give their life to Jesus for thousands of years, and they lose their minds every single time. And I just read 20 names and we had a thousand people here at Winter Park and at every place clapping out of obligation and still sitting in their seats. We're talking about the son of God that came and gave everything and people giving their lives to him. And we just, we think it's normal. I've never given everything for anybody. And the fact that Jesus did that and we're seeing it by the thousands and it's becoming normal. We're missing it. Let's finish with this thought right here. Let's go back to Luke 15. Luke 15, one and two. Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was even associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. It's crazy. Here, here's what it looks like. Let me illustrate. Uh, I'm going to come into the crowd. So be really nervous that I'm coming to sit by you. Because <laughs> I am. Let's go. Excuse me right here. Yeah, can you wait? Thanks. Yes. How are we doing back here? It's really hot in here, and I'm wearing a windbreaker, so I apologize <laughs> if I'm sweaty. If I drip on you, it's the anointing of the Lord. You'll be fine. This is a pretty comfortable seat. Yeah. So here's the deal. What's your name? Jason. Jason, I'm Justin. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I like your shoes. Um, you be a religious teacher and I'll be a Pharisee. Okay? So let's play this little game. We're just sitting here, just watching, just like the group was, just like the crowd was, watching Jesus. He's teaching and talking about connecting with found people and challenging them and He's talking about reaching lost people, but you and me, we don't care about any of that because we're all about us. You're the, you're the guy that comes and takes notes on Sunday just so you can post something you disagree with in the afternoon, which is, I love that by the way. It's one of my favorite things to read on Sunday afternoons is really appreciate uh, all that you do for the kingdom. And, um, and I'm the Pharisee that's just angry about everything. And we're sitting here watching because that's what Pharisees and religious teachers do. They, they watch a lot and, pontificate and argue, but they don't really help a lot of people. So we're just sitting, we're saying things. Can you believe last week that you and I, we wasted our time 
three kids got up there and shared their testimony. What, what biblical qualifications do they have to teach us anything? Do they even have a degree in doctrine? Like, what were they talking about? Talking about how God changed their life, but what verse did they use? And what translation was it? I don't really, was that even the Bible? I don't know. Did you know that at Momentum, they had a glow party? I'm pretty sure that Pastor Justin X Church leading those kids straight to hell. <laughs> they, they brought the world. I heard they had secular music there. I don't know if I can be a part of this anymore. You know, I heard Sanford yesterday, we, we gave away all of this money and resources to people. They don't even go to church. We're just throwing money at the problem and not fixing anything. Not to mention we had all the resource partners there for their family and for further education and mentoring and everything that we're gonna do. But, but we just, what a waste. I can't believe that I give here. I'm probably gonna stop. Not that I really give anyway, but. <laughs> and I heard that in two weeks, they're gonna do a, a new series called Song Fest and, and we're supposed to invite all our friends and they're gonna play, they, they're gonna play a secular song in church. I'm pretty sure the presence of God is fleeing right now. <laughs> and they're gonna use that to reach people that don't really even know or care about this church thing yet. They're gonna actually meet them where they are, like Jesus that went and met them in, in their homes, in their environment, in their culture, in their understanding. And, and they're actually gonna try and bridge the gap. Can you believe that? All right, I can't be a Pharisee anymore. I gotta get to preach for a second. I'll be right back. <laughs> Like, are we for real? Where we would criticize a, a student conference where 135 kids gave their life to Jesus because we had a glow party? Like, are, are we for real that like, oh, we can't, we can't do that? The people that were angry at Jesus were because he was eating and associating and being a part of a fallen world. You cannot reach a fallen world, a lost world, without going into it. It's not possible. But get this, because I can see the anger on some of your faces, you also can't discount doctrine and the cost of discipleship and growing and learning and correcting and challenging and being held accountable. It's both and. It's lost and found. Still missing a little bit, I got, I got one more. I'm gonna come straight here. I'm way over on time. Way over. Cancel your lunch plans. The Baptists are beating you to brunch for sure. It's not even brunch anymore, it's 12, 15. It's fine. I'm not in a hurry, I've been off nine weeks. I got a lot to say. All right, here we go, here we go. These first two rows here, represent Action Church. And I love all of you. Thank you so much for coming. I love what we've been able to do. In fact, I see, I even see faces of people that I know that didn't know Jesus and didn't believe this gospel that we're preaching. And now literally you're serving it on staff in here and this is kind of a moment for me, but now you're found. But if we're not careful, church, we get comfortable on the first two rows. We get comfortable coming to a place that changed our life. And if it's happened once, it's happened a hundred times. People that didn't know Jesus will come here and then graduate in their maturity so much that this place is no longer for them. Because I need something more well, Jesus was enough for you when you gave your life to him. I don't know when he stopped being enough and when you got so selfish or self-centered or immature in your maturity that you, it's a different sermon, I'm out of time. But can I tell you, I love you so much and this is always gonna be a place where we will do our best to feed you and nourish you and love you and take care of you. But can I just tell you right now, Action Church, it is no longer about you. It's for you, it's not about you. You are a part of the mission, but you are not the primary focus. Because there are people in the back of this auditorium, the back of the auditorium represents a lost and dying and hurting world. 
And I'm not saying you're lost back there, sir. I'm just saying you were late to church. We started at 11.15 every week. 9, 10, 45, 12, 30, some traffic, some kid stuff, get here a little early. But can I just remind you that that's where we should be looking. And we shouldn't just look there. We need to, we need to go there. Like there's people that are lost, and dying, and hurting, and need Jesus that are not gonna be at church. They're not gonna come here until we go there. They're not gonna come where we are because they don't even care about where we are because they have their own pain and their own problems and their own stuff. And you can go around here if you want. You wanna stay there? You can stay right there? Okay, great. Mix it up on me. We've done this once before. Hey man, what's your name? Ross. Ross, I'm Justin. It's great to meet you. I'm not saying this is, a, this is you, but just stand in the gap for this person, Ross. You are, you are lost. You are hurting. Today's your last chance to meet Jesus. And I just want you to know that everything we did from the parking lot to guest services at every location, the team that got here at 5 a.m. this morning to set up at Winter Springs in Oviedo, the prayer team that's prayed all week, the worship team, this message, everything was prepared so that you, you could have an encounter with Jesus Christ. This was about you. If we ever venture from that, we missed it. And here's what happens in churches all over America, and here's what happens at Action Church consistently. The people on the front row are looking back here right now, and they're saying, Pastor Justin just walked right by me and didn't even say hello. I remember when he taught Action Steps, and he was my friend, and we were close, and fill in that gap with your small group leader, Pastor Eddie, or Pastor Jay, or Pastor Kenneth, or Pastor Tyler, and we say things like, what, why don't they notice me? And it's not that we forgot, it's that there's still hundreds and thousands of Rosses in our community. And here's the convicting part. The mission didn't change, you did because you're sitting and spectating now and you're wondering why you're far from the action. The next step would be to watch and pray. That's where most people are. You're coming here, you're giving, you're, you're serving a little bit, but you're still watching when it comes to reaching lost people. And our impact suffers because of it. Because the shepherd went out, left the 99 and reached one and brought back one. But what if God's intent was not addition, it was multiplication? So here's what it should look like. You wonder why I had a windbreaker on. It's because I'm running a marathon today. It's hot in here. Should have worn a different outfit. Let me have, let me have a couple. Let's do a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Come on, all the way down, come on, come on, come on. This is fun. So now, now we're doing it together. It's amazing when you're on mission with people that the relationship doesn't have to change. You know what's crazy is that we felt really distant down there, but how close do we feel right now? You wonder why relationships change. Relationships don't have to change if you stay on mission together. Because if we're up here and I'm following Jesus and you're following Jesus and we're in this together, it's no longer where do they go or what are they doing? It's no, what are we doing together? Because when I come up, it's just me and Ross. And I connected with Ross because our stories connect and, and, and we had a divine encounter, divine moment. But guess what? I may not connect with you and my story may not connect with you and we may not quite click, but you know what? Somebody in this row has your story and your story and your story. And so when all of us together Together. Don't leave each other behind. I still love everybody, but when we're doing it together, we're not adding, we're multiplying. One to nine or 10 to 50 to 100 to 200. And that's when we begin to do it, church. Like that's when it begins to change. 
Like when somebody at Winter Springs says it's not just coming and watching a screen today, that it's so much more than just Sunday and coming to church that I'm gonna be the church at my high school. I'm gonna be the church at my place of business. Somebody in Sanford says, this is not gonna happen anymore in my community, not on my watch where we have S schools. And oh, by the way, Pinecrest went from an F school to a C school because of Sanford and how you've been serving. No longer is UCF gonna be top 10, least religious, least concerned with God, that we're gonna reach our campus for Christ because I'm not gonna watch and pray anymore just alone. I'm not gonna sit and spectate. I'm not gonna criticize. I'm gonna live my mission. And I'm gonna rejoice when people find Jesus Christ. Let's give God some praise as I can get back to the stage. Come on. Come on. That Jesus is worthy and that people are worth it. They're worth getting out of your comfort zone. They're worth risking it all. They're worth being embarrassed or having a tough conversation. They're worth taking a step this week and telling them that God loves them. That we believe in them. And this church thing is not just for religious people. In fact, it's for anyone that believes. What I know in auditoriums all across our city right now is there's a lot of Rosses who need Jesus. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I wanna give you an opportunity to find Jesus right now. He's not far. In fact, you are one decision away, one moment away. The Bible declares that if you will confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he is Lord, and everything changes in that moment. Why? Because you surrender control to him. What if you did that today? What if you surrender control to Jesus? And gave him your life for the first time? Or maybe for the first time in a long time of recommitting your life. Come on, right where you are. You say, I need Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I'm starting a relationship with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords the resurrected Savior. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Come on right here, Winter Park, Winter Springs, Sanford. Dozens of hands up, see you in the stadium. Proud of you, come on, right there in the middle. Come on, come on, come on. It's amazing. You can put your hands down at all of our locations. Pray this in your heart as I pray it out loud. Say this, say, God, I love you. And God, I thank you for saving me. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and I'm saved only by your grace confessing with my mouth and I'm believing in my heart that you are Lord and I'm giving you that place complete control thank you for saving me